when you look at a stack of paper, let's say there are a hundred sheets in that paper, you think that's a hundred different items that you need to deal with. I look at your stack of a thousand pieces of paper and I know there are no more than eight categories in that paper and I can go through it super quickly because I see all utilities, bills, insurance as one classification of paper and I can then put those in a pile and then make a quick decision. Talking with people about how to have a great retirement. This is the Rock Your Retirement Show. We don't talk about money, but we talk about almost everything else you need to rock your retirement. Now, here's your host, Kathy Klein. Welcome to Rock Your Retirement. This is Kathy, and I'm here with Lisa Woodruff. And I'm so excited because I am a fan of Lisa's show. She has a show called Organize 365, and I've been listening to it for a while now. And if you've ever been to my house, you'll know that my house is a total mess. And it's just because there's clutter everywhere. And so the other day we had somebody come over and my husband and I had to like run around and clean up the house and put everything into boxes. But I do have to tell you that I'm making progress because of Lisa's show. About a week ago, I cleaned out my entire closet. And I have to tell you, it was so freeing to have a closet. Now I have one of these humongous walk-in closets, but it was so full of stuff. I couldn't even walk in there. And it was embarrassing when my husband would open the door and just look in there and roll his eyes. And so now I have this super clean closet and I also have a box that I'm going to let Lisa tell you about. But I'm just really excited. And for some of you, you may have heard Lisa on the breaks in my show because I asked her to give you some tips. And so that's what she's been doing. So Lisa, welcome to the show. Well, Kathy, thank you so much for having me. And doesn't it feel awesome to go in your closet? Don't you want to just dance in there? <laughs> you know, my closet is big enough to put like a small bed in. <laughs> oh, my. I actually, if I could clean it out, I could actually record in there. I mean, it's big. It's a humongous closet. And um, yeah, it feels really good to be able to walk in there. And so thank you, Lisa, for helping me, even though you, you didn't know it. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm so glad it helped. <laughs> it really did. And I'm going to tackle the rest of the house. You know, the funny thing is, is that my husband and I moved into our house and we have this humongous house and we have a humongous garage. Now I'm in California. So unlike you, we don't have basements. Right. And so one of the things that a lot of people in my neighborhood do is they keep all their stuff in their garage and they park on the street, which yep. is absolutely amazing to me because I live in a neighborhood where they have really expensive cars. My husband and I probably have the cheapest cars in the neighborhood. And so they'll park these, I don't know how much they cost, 50, 60, $70,000 cars on the street. And in their garage is all their crap. That's yeah. worth nothing. Right. <laughs> and so when we moved in, my husband is super organized when it comes to moving. He said that we are going to have the cars in the garage like within the first week that wow. we had to have those cars in the garage and we did and we still do. And, um, I have to tell you one of the things that he did that, that just made my, my life a lot easier is when we moved, he labeled the boxes, he numbered them. And then inside the box, whatever we put in there, he put on a spreadsheet 
And so wow. I'm embarrassed, but I still have boxes I haven't unpacked from 2008. But we know what's in there because if I need something, I can't find it. He'll go to the spreadsheet and say, oh, that's in box 67. <laughs> yeah. And maybe at this point, you could just load all those boxes and take them right down to Goodwill. And get rid of them. I know I was thinking that the other day. I'm like, I'm never going to need whatever's in that box. So clearly. (laughs) So one of the things that I like about your show is you talk to me because I have emotional problems, obviously, with my stuff. (laughs) No, we're going to rephrase that. You do not have an emotional problem with your stuff, but you're having a hard time separating the memory from the object. Absolutely. Keeping the memory while letting the object go. Right. And that's what I love about you and your show is you talk to me about that. Even though, you know, I feel like you're talking to me personally, obviously you're talking to a microphone, but I love that. So tell me, I brought you on the show because I wanted you to help my listener as well. So how did you get into this? Well, So I was one of those kids that I always hung out with my mom and my grandma and their generation and not really the kids that were my own generation. There weren't any kids in my neighborhood. Like we didn't live in a neighborhood. We lived on like a country type road. And so everybody was older. And I always held out, hung out with older people and older than me. So like they could be 23, but I was 13. So it didn't matter. Always older. I've always held out hung out with people who are older and I can relate to older generations than myself. I have an easier time relating to older generations than myself, than younger ones where I've actually been that age. It's like, Oh, don't talk about babies. Like, (laughs) I mean, I could remember it if I really think about it, but I would much rather talk to some, my grandmother who is 91 about her stuff than, you know, someone that's just five years behind me in age. So I've always been really good at talking with people who are older and my college training is as a teacher. I've taught every grade from four-year-old preschool through eighth grade. So I have a lot of teaching experience. And so when I started my podcast, when I turned 40, I decided I'm an entrepreneur. I wanted to start a company, but this time I wanted to start a company that was mine. I'd been in direct sales before. I'd been a consultant for people or a coach, but I wanted I wanted a, a business that was going to make an impact. And when I really thought about what I was good at or why I was successful in many, many different ventures over the past 20 years, it was because I was either organized or I helped someone else become organized. Like even in teaching, I was hired for my last teaching job because the teacher I worked with was disorganized and they wanted that room organized. I I had teaching skills, but I know I got that job because I was organized. (laughs) And so that, that underlying organization and as a teacher background, And an analytical, you know, I'm a mathematical type person. I firmly believe that everyone can be organized. And even as a child, I would organize, you know, the houses when I would babysit or when I was a new teacher, I would go organize other teachers' classrooms. And in my first professional organization jobs, I would organize people who had ADHD. And I thought, you know, some people couldn't get organized, but even the people who seemed like at first blush, they couldn't get organized. By the time we were done organizing their house and I talked to them a couple months later, they were always helping other people get organized. So not only had they gotten organized, but they'd learned enough that they could help someone else do the same thing. Oh my gosh, you're, you're changing the world. 
Yes. And that's when I realized, okay, there's not one way to get organized. There are multiple ways. And it is not something you're born with or born without. It is something that you can learn. You know, you think, okay, I'm a terrible cook. I'll just flat out say I'm a terrible cook. And right now, society-wise in the United States, it's okay to say that. As a matter of fact, the last six women I've seen in the last two weeks, whether I was doing a home organization consultation or for work or even just out socially, I would be like, oh, yeah, my husband does the cooking. And they'd be like, me too. None of us cook. <laughs> of the last six women I met, none of us cook. And it's now becoming socially acceptable to say as a woman that you don't like to cook. It's okay to be a woman who doesn't like or isn't good at cooking. But it is not okay if you're disorganized. If you're disorganized, there is something wrong with you or you aren't doing it right. Or And heaven forbid you have to hire a professional organizer or take a course. This is something you should innately be able to do. And that is the expectation, at least for the U.S. woman that I'm used to dealing with, that they should be able to figure this out on their own. And if they can't, there is something wrong with them. And I want to open up this conversation that, no, this is a skill just like everything else you learn to do. You can learn to be organized. And then you can add in the generational aspect, which I'm sure we'll touch on. Oh, my gosh. Thank you for saying that, because I have to tell you, I'm really organized in certain areas of my life. Yep. So in business, I've actually helped people systematize their business. I have workflows that have like a million different steps, you know, the, the kind of workflows that are if this happens, then you do that, not checklists. Right. And so in my business life, I'm super organized. But what I have found, Lisa, is, and you have touched on this on your show, the paper, Okay, I cannot deal with all this paper. I'm I'm not kidding. It's like I get paralyzed because I don't know where to put it. And also things like where do I put this? And I don't know where to put it and then it piles up and then all of a sudden it's it's too much and so I can't do anything. I get paralyzed with, "Oh, I can't deal with this right now." And so it just piles up. And with me, Obviously, if it's business paper, I know where to put it. But if it's personal paper, what do I do with it? So, of course, it piles up on my humongous kitchen island. And not only is that not safe, because if somebody comes over and they see a bill, I'm not saying that, you know, people are going to steal it or whatever, but the majority of ID theft in this country is from someone you know. And it's a, mm. it's opportunity. It's some bill lying on your counter and you've got a worker come over or you've got a friend come over or a family member and it's a crime of opportunity. Oh, there's a credit card number or there's whatever on there. And so you created something which I would like you to address, which helps with the paper. And what is that? It's the Sunday basket. <laughs> I love talking about the Sunday basket. So tell so me about before, it. Before we get into this, okay. I want to touch on what you said for a second. Here's what I see has been happening. Our mothers loved us so much. And if you are even a, a baby boomer or I'm Gen X, Kathy, what generation are you? Do you know? I'm a nothing generation. Um, nothing? Because I was born, so I was born in 65, and Gen X starts in 66, and baby boomers end at 64. Ooh, but right. I have to tell you that I probably identify with both. So, okay. you know, but consider me a baby boomer for now. Okay. We'll consider you a baby boomer for now. All right. So I didn't realize we missed a generation there. You're right. As I look back. So 
the reason I say this, because this is a rock your retirement podcast, generations come into play with organization so much. And I am sure you have people of all generations listening to your podcast, but we're talking specifically probably to the baby boomer generation and their parents, which are the silent generation. And then Gen X is typically taking care of that generation. But because we're living so long, like my grandmother just passed away at 92, her daughter is a baby boomer. So probably those two generations. I would say baby boomer. Probably the baby boomers are the ones that listen and the Gen Xers because the older generations don't know how to use their smartphones. (laughs) (laughs) So here's the thing. Baby boomers were raised on paper. I'm Gen X. I was raised on paper. We didn't have computers till I was in eighth grade and I taught a turtle how to make a square. Like we didn't have computers. So growing up, I was taught when you balance your checkbook, you need to keep your bank check statement because if there's an error, you need to take it down to the bank so that they can make the the restitution on your account. Yes. Now, if you took your bank statement down to your bank today, like the teller would be like, what's that? Like they'd look up your account online. Like they'd be like, no, I'm sorry, you're wrong. It's electronic. We're right. And you lose. But that's the mentality we were raised with. Like paper was used to substantiate errors or certifications or, you know, like as a teacher, I had to keep track of all those paper CEUs in order to renew my license. But now that's all electronic. But because that's how we were raised with the paper, our brain says, must keep a backup just in case. Yeah, because what if the whole world crashes and there's no more computers anymore? Right? I know. But here's what I've realized. Everybody's going to be a lot more hot water than not knowing what CEUs I had. (laughs) I mean, but you have to go that far in order for you to tell your brain it's okay, we're not going to keep the paper. Because when you start to go through paper, and I'm just going to tell you, you will shred 80% of your filing cabinet. And everybody's like, there's no way. And then they email me. People are telling me they em- they shredded 80 pounds, 100 pounds. I'm like, mm. how do you guys know how many pounds? I think they're taking it to the office supply store to get shredded and then yes. you get charged. But um, it's so true. So much. When I help people with estates because a spouse has passed away or their parents have passed away. And we just did it with my grandmother this December. She- my mom was able to handle the entire estate, all of the stuff. And when I showed up, she said, I said, what do you want me to do? She said, would you please please do the paper. Nobody wants to do the paper. You know why? Here's why. When you look at a stack of paper, let's say there are a hundred sheets in that paper. You think that's a hundred different items that you need to deal with. I look at your stack of a thousand pieces of paper and I know there are no more than eight categories in that paper and I can go through it super quickly because I see all utilities, bills, insurance as one classification of paper and I can then put those in a pile and then make a quick decision. But every time you pick up a paper, you go, okay, the electric bill, do we keep the electric bill? No. Oh, the gas bill. Do we keep the gas? bill? And you're making constant decisions and you get decision fatigue. Yes. So the easiest way to go through paper, there are two ways. And now I'll tell you about the Sunday basket. The easiest (laughs) way to go through the archive paper that, that you're drowning is to, to number one, just take five files out of your filing cabinet up to wherever you watch TV and go through them every night. Like before you're allowed to have your ice cream or your coffee or whatever it is that you want to have when you watch that TV show, don't tell me you don't have something because we all do. (laughs) You have to get through those five files. All you have to do is go through those five files and decide what can be shredded and what do you have to keep. You'll be through your file cabinet in a couple of months. It will really be that easy. And I can't remember the other idea. So we're going on to the Sunday basket. (laughs) Okay, so that's the easiest way to do that. 
Now, the Sunday basket is different. And I created the Sunday basket when I had two babies. I was doing adoption paperwork, medical paperwork, working from home, taking care of our house. I had a lot of daily to-dos. I think it is different paperwork for the retirement generation than for when I created this system for raising babies. So I'm going to tell you how this system works in an empty nester household or a household without that has never had children. So maybe it's you or you and your spouse. Those are the people living in this house. The Sunday basket still works for you. The Sunday basket is where you put all of your mail or any to-dos that you have for your house or on the computer. So for example, you would put your mail in there. You might put in the receipts from the prescriptions that you picked up, the dry cleaning ticket, the little card you get from the doctor that tells you have the next doctor's appointment. You would put that in there. Um, the birthday card that you bought for your granddaughter's birthday, you would put that in there. Um, let's say you were going to rehang some pictures and you went and you got command hooks. You would put those. All that stuff is in the Sunday basket. That way you don't have any papers in your car, in your office, on your kitchen counter, in your bedroom. Like all those places where you put things, you put them in one basket. It can be a box. It can be a bag. You don't have to buy anything. You can use something you already have. And then the rule is you pick a day of the week. I do it on Sunday. And you take every single thing out of that basket and ask yourself one question. Can this wait until next Sunday? You're prioritizing what you're going to do this week. So you pick up the mail and this is the time. Like I don't go through my mail every day. I just throw it in the basket. This is the time where you shred it. You recycle it. I open all my bills on Sunday. And then I decide, okay, do these bills need to be paid this week? The ones that do stay out, the ones that don't go back in the Sunday basket. Okay, am I going to hang this picture up this week that I bought the command hooks for? No? Okay, it goes back in the Sunday basket. Do I need to mail my granddaughter's birthday card this week? Yes, and I need to buy a gift. So that's going to stay out. And you just keep making these decisions with your paper and any actionable to-dos that you have. Now is when you shred all of those receipts that come from the pharmacy. I can't even tell you how many people keep those because they want to destroy them properly and then they're drowning in pharmacy receipts. That's have, me, Lisa. We have 15 <laughs> pharmacy prescriptions a month, so I know what I'm talking about. But what do you do if you have, like for me, I have an HSA, which means that at any moment I could get audited. So you're saying I should just scan it and shred it? No, in that case, I put it in a file. Put it in the so file, okay. this is when you would put in a file or actually... Um, if you have a lot of prescriptions like we do, I just get a shoebox and put them in there. Okay, that makes sense. And then you just write on the front of that shoebox, 2017. And then in January, you put a new shoebox there and you put that shoebox in the basement. And then you take the 2016 one and you can get rid of it. Or in the garage if you live in California. <laughs> yeah. And so you don't usually need to keep more. I think it's 18 months for HSA. But after that, you don't have to keep them. Oh, Okay. Well, that, thank you for that. You only have 18 months to come back. So actually all you really need are the next two times you buy some boots or something. Those are the perfect size shoe boxes, you know, or tennis shoes would be a perfect size. You only need two boxes, one for this year and one for last year. And when you get to January, you shred the ones that are two years old and start that one over again. Awesome. I'm writing furiously. <laughs> Here's what we do. We tend to go, I'm going to file these. So I'm going to make a January to December file and I'm going to file them by month. And really the odds of them, they do. Those HSA companies, they do ask you to produce the receipts, but it's just as easy to go through a shoebox of a year's worth of them 
then to take the time to file them and then remember, did I fill that on May 31st or June 1st? Is that in the May file or the June file? That's no, true. we're over filing. Just put them all in a box. That's They're true fine. because chances are you'll never need them. And if you don't, then you just saved a bunch of time. And if you do, you can go right. through them then at that time. Yep. That's Same awesome. thing with receipts. People who like to keep receipts because they like to return things. I just make sure I really want it when I buy it. Like I hate returning things, <clears throat> but maybe when I have more time. I do the same thing. You just have a box per month. So you, uh, two boxes, one on top of the other, one has a lid on it. So you have the current month and the past month. And by the time you get to where the current month is full, like if you haven't returned it in four weeks, you're not going to return it. So that's the limit you have on returning it. Okay. Unless it's a big purchase. Right, right. Okay. Well, this is so, this is, you're giving us so much information (laughs) that we can use today. So thank you, Lisa. Yes. Where did you come up with this idea of the Sunday basket? It was because of all the papers you needed for your daughter and your business. Was was that it? Yes. So, okay. So I was selling creative memories, those scrapbooks. I loved it. Oh, I was working full time from home, but it was direct sales. So I pretended like I wasn't working at all. <laughs> and my kids were two and six months old and they were both adopted. So they had adoption paperwork. And our son had extreme asthma. Like he had to have his little breathing treatments every three hours And our daughter, she slept awesome. But when she was awake, she wanted us to hold her. And so I was trying to do everything, like trying to maintain everything I'd always done. And I worked and took care of the kids in our kitchen and family room area. And so I had a nice, neat stack of papers on the end of the kitchen counter. And it was really high. Like there were probably 200 pieces of paper in this pile. And it was all mixed up. It was literally just pieces of pile, orders that needed to be placed, bills that needed to be paid, paperwork that had to be sent back, you know, just everything was mixed together. And so one Sunday night, it was eight o'clock at night. Both the kids were miraculously asleep. And so was my husband. He was really tired. And for some reason, I had a lot of energy. So I laid all these papers out on the family room floor and I divided them into piles like I just told you about. So I had all the bills in one pile and all of the um, adoption paperwork in one and medical in one. And I ended up with 40 different piles of things I needed to do. (laughs) But I was a teacher. So I had all those teacher supplies and I had these things called slash pockets. So slash pockets are the plastic divider inserts you can put in a binder Usually they're brightly colored with tabs on them. So I had all these slash pockets already in my house and I put all 40 piles, each of them in their own slash pocket. And then I had a longer burger basket, just a really nice basket. And I put all of the slash pockets in the basket. So because my son will only take a 20 minute nap the day before, when I tried to do anything, by the time I go through that paper pile and figured out what to do, he would be awake. Hmm. Well, on Monday, When he fell asleep and Abby was already asleep, I was able to go to that basket, grab out a slash pocket and just pay all the bills in 20 minutes. I was like, oh, this is great because I had been late paying bills just because I didn't know where they were. And I was like, oh, this this is going to work like I'm going to have to refine this, but this is going to work. I had more to do than could be done in a in a month. But if I needed that paper, now I could find it because it was in the Sunday basket and it was in a slash pocket. And because the first time I did it was on a Sunday, then every Saturday, you know, my husband's well rested from his week on a Saturday or Sunday. It's easy for him to play with the kids on a Sunday afternoon. And I would take my basket and I would spend an hour or two and go through the whole basket and plan my week before he went back to work. Mm, I love it. Now, does he have his own slash pocket or his own pocket in your basket and say, here, he has go through his your own. Stuff. 
Sunday basket. <laughs> yes. This is the thing, ladies. Once you get your Sunday basket made, then we make one for the men. Yes. It's awesome. I, I, um, I actually created one basket. I went and got something that looked fairly pretty so that I could keep it in my kitchen. Because I am just not yep. going to schlep everything upstairs. Um, and so I am I got one of those zippered, pla- it's not a flash pocket. It's thicker than that. And it has a little zipper on it. And yeah. um, and I made one for me, one for each business that I own and one for him. And it's working. I mean, it's helping. The, the only thing is, is that I'm not as good as you are about going through it. Oh, everyone like, says that. <laughs> yeah, I'm not like it's there. And I don't take it out and go through it, but at least I know that stuff is in there that I need. Because we pay all our bills electronically. My husband mm-hmm. handles that, mm-hmm. so I don't have to worry about missing a bill. But but yeah, just the stuff that used to cover my, my island is now in this basket. So <laughs> thank you for that. So the other thing is, especially for your audience, and what I always tell people when somebody has passed away or when their mom falls and breaks her hip or something like that, as soon as you get in one of these emergency out of the blue situations or you become the guardian of someone, make a basket for them. So then as the bills come in, you put your baskets in yours in your Sunday basket and your parents in their Sunday basket. Or if you have to go to the doctor with mom, you grab her Sunday basket. It has her medical information. It has her prescriptions. And you have a place to put all of that information. And it's also portable that you could take it with you. And it's all in one place. It's not scattered and it's not mixed in with yours. That's a great idea. Make a Sunday basket for your loved one that you're caring for. That's perfect. Or, mm-hmm. you know, I know that I have um, professional caregivers that listen to this show. That would be mm-hmm. a great project for them as well. Yes. To create that. So thank you. Oh my gosh. We have gotten so much from you. Now, I know this isn't a sales pitch, but I wanted, and I know you weren't really prepared to talk about this, Lisa, but I know that you're starting this new program where people like me can actually work with you, not one-on-one, but, but kind of, and it's really affordable. So can you tell me a little bit about that? So yes. So I have been doing the Sunday basket personally for 15 years. And when I first started Organize 365, it was an ebook. And then people were like, explain more. So I did 20 posts. People are like, explain more. So I did a podcast. (laughs) People are like, I'm like, it's a basket. How much could I possibly explain about a basket? So this spring, I was like, all right, well, I'll just do an online class. Like for $30, I'll mail you the slash pockets. I'll mail you a copy of my signed book. And then we'll get on Zoom together. It's like a classroom. I'm the teacher. So I get to talk first. And then each person gets to talk. And we'll do the Sunday basket together for 90 minutes. And I thought, well, we'll see. We'll see if anybody... Oh my gosh, did they want to do it? And so I thought, okay, well, great. These are people who have never heard about the Sunday basket. I'm going to have to educate them. So I get on the first Zoom call and I'm like, how many of you already have a Sunday basket? And everybody raises their hand. I'm like, wait a minute. You already have the basket? They're like, yeah. How long have you had the basket? Six months, 18 months. Why are you on this call? (laughs) Why are you guys on this call? And they're like, no, 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 we have the basket. We put everything in the basket, but either, like you said, we don't go through it. Mm -hmm. We're not sure we're doing it right. And there's stuff left in the basket we don't know what to do with. I was like, (laughs) gotcha. So the first 20 minutes, we all introduce ourselves. I give some overview. I've created five slash pockets everyone should have, people like rules. So I made rules 
and I mail you the slash pockets. And then the last 60 minutes, it's a little classroom. So you could see everybody in their kitchens. They're all organizing their Sunday baskets. It's like heaven for me. And then people are holding up paper and going, well, what about this? What about that? And everybody's <laughs> listening to the answer. And at the end, everybody's slash everybody's Sunday baskets are done. So I offer these as virtual classes. You can go to thesundaybasket.com and sign up for a virtual class. I'm always adding more. And then I've had professional organizers. I have three already certified and more being certified right now that are going to be hosting live Sunday basket workshops in different cities around the United States and pretty soon Canada and other countries as well. And then you can actually take your Sunday basket somewhere and organize it with a professional organizer and then keep coming back month after month and organize other things like filing cabinets and medical paperwork and whatever you can get to their house, you can organize at a paper organizing workshop. I have some information that the listener doesn't have, and that is that you had another business besides the, um, the scrapbooking business. You had one that was really related to organization, right? The Clever Container? Yeah, the, the Clever Containers. And so you kind of started this a long time ago, these, these classes. I did. But you... I did. <laughs> but they were face-to-face. I was in a direct sales company called Clever Container, and I've been in direct sales for years. And I thought that the what was needed was not the in-home parties, but these monthly organizational workshops. People want to learn to be organized. It all goes back to the original thought. Everyone can be organized, but it needs to be taught. So how do you get taught to be organized? So why not have workshops? So I did it in conjunction with that company, but it never took off. So then I went and did my own thing for a while. And now I'm bringing it back and I'm organizing it this way. Yeah. Well, I have to tell you, 30 bucks is a deal. Ideal. Yeah. You'll probably see me in your class. And and yeah. for my listener, if you if you don't know what Zoom is, basically it's it's like a um you, you would go on your computer. So if you don't have a computer, it might be difficult for you. I don't know if you can do it on your phone. But you're on your computer and you're actually watching the teacher or the person who's hosting them. You you can see them. It's not slides or anything like that. And if you want to, they can actually see you too. Like your face or your picture or whatever would be in a little bubble. And so you can get to know people through Zoom. I actually haven't had an episode on lifelong learning where they use that system. And they were teachers too, by the way, Lisa. They That's how they got in touch with Zoom. I don't know if you want to someday listen to that episode. But it was really oh, interesting. And so I'm actually experimenting with Zoom. I mean, someday I may make this audio, actually a video as well, so people could could watch on on uh, YouTube. But it, it, that's kind of far away right now. I like it just to be audio. That way, you you don't know if I'm in my pajamas or not. <laughs> <laughs> Are you in your pajamas? <laughs> not right now, but I could be, and you'd never know. <laughs> it's true. So anyway, but that's what Zoom is, and. Um, it's pretty affordable, but the people who would be joining the class would not have to pay for it. That would be something that Lisa would pay for. Right, Lisa? Correct. Okay, awesome. Great. Well, so how do people find your class again? The Sunday Basket class is at thesundaybasket.com. Okay. Now, for my listener who doesn't necessarily want to take a class, you have a lot of really great free information on your podcast. So do you want to mention that at all? Sure. My podcast is called Organize 365, and that is my name on all social media. That's the name of my website, Organize365.com. 
And if you're listening to this podcast, you'll be able to find that podcast. And if you want to know more about The Sunday Basket, that is episode 101. Great. Episode 101 of Organize 365. And by the way, 365 is not spelled out. It's the n- numbers 3, 6, and 5. So it's Organize365.com. And I've, I've actually been listening to Lisa for a while now, and it's been super helpful. So oh, I hope, that's so awesome. Yeah, that's the whole reason why I reached out to you is because I'm like, oh, I've got to have her on my show. <laughs> this would be so <laughs> helpful. And actually, Lisa, I'm going to put you on the spot. I think you have so much more to say, but we've run out of time. Would you be willing to come back on later? Sure. Yeah, let's talk about generations, like the different ways generations look at their stuff. Yeah. That is so like when I talk about that, which I won't now, so you'll have to tune back in. <laughs> when I talk about that, it makes so much sense that how we're looking at the same exact object with different intentions and eyes, but we still have the same desire as family members to connect. So that'll be on the next episode. And I'm not sure when it will be aired, but Lisa and I will get together and we'll we'll get that for you to listen to as well. So Lisa, anything you want to say before we say goodbye? No, just thank you so much for having me on the show. And maybe you're sitting there and you're thinking, yeah, yeah, yeah. She says everybody can get organized, but not me. I mean you. So stop that. Yes, you can. (laughs) You can get organized. Start with the Sunday basket. You will have success and you will realize that yes, you too can be organized. (laughs) Thanks so much. And if you want to join the conversation, you could even, you know, tell us what your, what it looked like before you started, what it looks like after you started. If you want to go to the Facebook group, I do have a private Facebook group that you can join and you could post pictures, you know, if you'd want to. I would post pictures, but I have to tell you, Lisa, I would be really embarrassed to do my before pictures. So, but it does look so much better and it does feel so much better to organize these areas of my house one at a time. So thank you again for that. And for my listener, we'll see you next time at Rock Your Retirement. Thanks for listening to the Rock Your Retirement show. If you are rocking your retirement or know someone who would make a great guest on our show, please send us an email at podcast at rockyourretirement.com. Wait, I wanted to thank you again for listening to the Rocky Retirement Show. If you're a new listener, a good place to start is episode 116. This explains the six pillars of retirement lifestyle and our general philosophy. Episodes 1 through 236 can be thought of as an encyclopedia. These are topics that may or may not be interesting to you. You can listen to the ones that you're interested in and forget the rest until the issue becomes an issue for you. And that's okay. I actually don't recommend starting with episode one and working through until the most recent. That's actually not how the show was designed. Of course, if you want to do that so you can see how the show changed over time, you're welcome to. Now, starting in August... Actually, August 31st of 2020, we changed the format of the show. 
The monthly episodes starting with 237 follow a real retiree from her pre-announcement through her first year of retirement. There might be bonus episodes, but we're committed to monthly. If you've enjoyed any of our past shows or the show that you've just listened to and you want to support us, you can do so in any of the four ways. One, share this episode with a friend or family member who needs to hear it. This is the most important way that people find us. Since our audience is typically older, we grow by having our listeners share our episodes with others. Two, subscribe to or follow the show using whatever podcast catcher you're listening on right now. Now, if you're listening on your computer, you can listen on your smartphone by going to Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Podcast Addict, iHeartRadio, Spotify. I mean, I believe on all of them. If you can't find us on the podcast catcher that you'd like to use, send us a note on the website at rockyourretirement.com and we'll make sure that we get on your favorite podcast app. But basically, what you do is you download the app and then you search for the show. And when you find it, you'll hit subscribe. Make sure it's the Rock Your Retirement Show and that you hear my voice when you listen. Um, actually, there were some episodes where Henry Shapiro was a guest. Uh, we, we actually downloaded some of his episodes. So if you hear him, it's probably still the, the same show. There were maybe 34 or 35 episodes back in the beginning that we hosted on our show uh, when he decided to leave podcasting. Number three, how you can support us is by leaving a review. Whatever podcast app you're listening to normally has the option of leaving a review, either a written review saying how great the show is or just with stars. Five stars is typically the best. And of course, we're shooting for those five-star reviews. And if you tell us why you like the show, what you liked about it, it's actually easier for other people to understand what the show's about. A lot of people, when they find our show, they think it's about money. And of course, by now, you know that it's not. Number four, if you'd like to support us financially, of course, we're always appreciative of that. Just go to rockyourretirement.com support, and it will take you to our page where you can support us financially. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time on Rock Your Retirement. Bye.